Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have explicit, honest, soulful, wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, love, and connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of the resources we have been lovingly generating for you for the past 15 years. We have been in our Pleasure Mechanics uniform since 2006, dedicated to generating resources and strategies for you to experience more pleasure. If you are new to the show, come on over to pleasuremechanics.com slash free and join our free online course so you can get started with us right away. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash free. And if you've been with us for a while and want to show your love, go to pleasuremechanics.com slash love and find ways to go deeper with us yet. On today's show, we are going to be talking about one of the phases of the pleasure arc that gets often ignored and cut short and underappreciated. Today, we're going to be talking about the afterglow. When you hear the word afterglow, what comes to mind? What are the images, feelings, states, ideas that that this word evokes for you? Because for many of us, we will think of a couple cuddling after sex. And often that will be a heterosexual couple after heteronormative penetrative sex. That is the image that our culture sees when we talk about afterglow. And we really want to expand this out. We've talked for 400 episodes about what it means to expand the idea of what sex is. And in this conversation, we want to talk about how to expand this idea and concept of afterglow. Totally, because when we think afterglow is only this state available to us, after not only you mentioned, you know, this image of heteronormative couples having heteronormative penetrative sex, but there's also the implication of simultaneous orgasm. And then you both are in this afterglow cuddle together, right? That it's like a simultaneous experience within this very scripted idea of sex. And of course, we know we need to break all of that down and give us ourselves a much more expansive idea of not only what sex can be between two or more people, but also that we can have sex with ourselves in deeply satisfying ways, thus triggering an afterglow. Or even that the afterglow experience does not belong to orgasm or to sexuality, but to pleasure. What would shift if we started talking about the afterglow of pleasure, of all pleasures, the afterglow that comes after a great masturbation session, the afterglow that can come after a great conversation with a beloved the afterglow after a great dinner party when you're sitting around and the dishes are dirty, but you still feel saturated in that joy that you just generated. So in this conversation, we want to invite all of us to start thinking about afterglow as a necessary phase in the arc of pleasure. Oh, I love this so much because it gives us more language to pay attention to the full experience of pleasure in our life. So let's talk about that arc just for a second. We've spent so many episodes, hundreds of hours now talking about sensation, 
right? The stimulation that we find pleasurable in this world from beautiful massage and touch to more kinky stimulation to psychogenic arousal, the stimulation that comes from our thoughts and ideas and imagination alone, right? And so we have a world of possible pleasurable stimulation. And then we have to let that stimulation in and experience pleasure. And we've spoken a lot about how we can expand our capacity for pleasure and arousal. And by the way, we will curate some podcast episodes in the show notes page for you. So you can explore these ideas further if you are new to the show or dive back in if you've been with us for a while. But so that arc of pleasure so far, right? There's sensation, there's experiencing the pleasure, letting it in, being in pleasure in your body, allowing yourself to get aroused. And then perhaps there's a climax to that pleasure, orgasmic or otherwise, or just a cascade, a release of that pleasure. The moment is over. But in that moment that a pleasure completes, something else begins, Mm. an afterglow, an experience in the body of pleasure being savored and kind of fizzling out, right? There's a cascade moment where it's like the waterfall, right? The pleasure builds up, it falls, and then what happens to that water, right? It bubbles, it churns, and then it ripples out into the great unknown. And this is how I experience the afterglow. It's intense, and then it kind of ripples out, sometimes for minutes, hours, days, or even weeks, I feel it. How do we pay more attention to this phase? The savoring, the installing of the good that just happened, right? The reflection, and even maybe an analysis period, a mindful reflection of what just happened, why it was so good, what felt good, and what could continue that good feeling in the future, right? Like, how do we get more of this good thing we just experienced? All of this is wisdom that is available to us in the afterglow. Mm, I love it so much. So you're talking about taking the erotic wisdom from the state of the afterglow. Yes. Both in terms <laughs> you of... You want to put it that way. <laughs> both in terms oh. of fully feeling the sensations and the experience of how the body feels in a state of satisfaction, hopefully and potentially... We rush so much in our life. So taking this moment and really pausing with it and being with it and letting ourselves soak that sensation in. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot a bit. valuable. It's so valuable. And you are kind of queen of the afterglow. You're queen of many things around here. (laughs) But a few years back, we had a great meal with a friend and they kind of were jumping up to do the dishes. And you were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the digestion phase of the meal. And we hadn't named it yet, but in our family culture, after a meal, we always sit around and it's a kind of necessary phase of the meal. And you call it the digestion phase. <laughs> we should really make a better name now. But we'll it's just really call the, it the afterglow. afterglow. Yeah. Totally. It's that moment of let's enjoy the meal, even after our plates are clean, even after the last bites are chewed and swallowed. <laughs> what is the feeling now? What is the possible connection and joy that's possible in this shared state of mutual pleasure having been enjoyed? And then that translates to our sex life or after a massage, right? When we complete a massage, there's always a five, 10 minute period, sometimes even longer of just basking in the pleasure of the massage that you just received. 
we would never finish a massage and then be like, all right, jump up, get to the shower, let's go to work, right? We build that into the time we share. And then the same thing with sex. The sex is not over when the touch is done, when the orgasms are complete, when the toys are turned off, right? The sex continues in this phase of an afterglow where one or both of us are in it. And I want to talk about that, that it doesn't have to be simultaneous, but it has to be shared deeply, either just with yourself or with other humans. Tell me more about the afterglow from your... I feel like it is a moment to deeply embody satisfaction and to feel the the joy, the pleasure, the connection that you have experienced either with another person or other people at a dinner party or solo. I'm going to ask you to repeat that, to deeply embody satisfaction as a state, as a feeling state, right? What does it feel like to feel I am satisfied? And to install that, to mm-hmm. really like understand in our body what that feels like. Our culture is filled with wanting, craving, needing, moving quickly. <laughs> and to take and savor these moments of having and having had and it feeling good is powerful and important. Release, relief, all of these things, we need them also. And so let us enjoy them. <laughs> Whoa, there's a lot of wisdom in that afterglow. (laughs) All right, hold on. So I want to talk about appreciation, first of all, because so much of afterglow is an appreciation of what was just experienced. Mm -hmm. There's a yum. And this is part emotional and mental in our feelings, but then there's also a physical state. And I think the word afterglow, unlike so many sexual language, afterglow is a really beautiful word for it because it does feel like a glow. After a recent, particularly joyful erotic experience I had, it felt like every cell in my body was vibrating, was the experience of it. Like I was a neon light lit the fuck up and I was glowing. And this glow lasted for days, for days. And it had a half-life. And that's the other thing I noticed about it. It kind of dissipated over time. And this is why we need to savor it, because the experience can be most deeply savored and felt right when we're in it, or just after when our body can remember, and thus install the good, install the good. And this terminology and concept comes to us from Dr. Rick Hansen, who's a Buddhist neuropsychologist. And he really talks about how we can install the good. And another word for this is learning. How we can learn the physical states of things like calmness. That's a lot of what meditation is. It's learning the physical state of being calm. The afterglow is an opportunity, as you said, to deeply embody satisfaction, which means learning the physical state of feeling satiated which is part again of the pleasure cycle. The pleasure cycle is wanting, experiencing, and then feeling satisfied or contented or delighted by that pleasure. And we forget this phase and then we rush off to the next thing and our bodies don't get a chance to learn what it means to feel satisfied. Hallelujah. Yes. I want to name that our culture privileges partnered sex so profoundly. And we think that 
actually practicing savoring the afterglow is even more powerful solo because you can fully pay attention to your own experience and your own sensations separate from whatever your partner has experienced. So it's a really good opportunity to really go deep into feeling all of the sensations yourself. Well, I would argue all afterglow is a solo experience, even Mm. if you're lying sweaty, heaving there naked next to your lover after a shared incredible experience, you're each in a different physical experience. And we so often look to the other like, was that good for you? How are you feeling? And we forget to drop in and notice what we are feeling. Or the refractory period, which is kicked off by ejaculation and not orgasm in some bodies and not all bodies. The refractory period is a hormonal cascade that makes one very sleepy and insular and feel like they want to curl up and be kind of cozy. And that's not a very relational space. And so if we actually practice the afterglow as a solo experience of embodying your own satisfaction, your own contentment, your own pleasure, then we don't need to look to the other right away and think of like, how is that for you and evaluate it as a performance. It's our own experience that we get to savor. And as you said, we can experience this after masturbation, after a delicious meal, after a great conversation, right? Anytime we can catch ourselves in a moment of pleasure, And then notice the after effects. How does it change how we walk in the world? Because the other thing this does is it draws our attention to the benefits of pleasure, which we have been preaching about now for 15 years and getting on stages big and small to talk about, you know, the top 10 reasons to prioritize pleasure. And it's actually so gratifying for us to see pleasure as a cultural force being celebrated more and understood as part of our political agenda as well, that pleasure is fuel for all of these challenges we humans are up against. Pleasure activism is becoming a mainstream concept. And we have been ringing this bell now for 15 years because we understand. And as we dove into the research 15 years ago, there was so much evidence that pleasure is good for us. It strengthens our systems, not only in ways of like our immune systems and our cardiovascular systems and our hormonal systems, but also our relational systems, right? Pleasure is good for our relationships of all kinds. Communal shared joy out in the world is a bonding bridge in communities. And what is the afterglow of like going to a great festival, Right. And some of us are really missing that or a great concert, that feeling of leaving the concert and you're vibrating a little higher. Your whole system feels activated. You're in that glow. Let's savor this more. As we talk about afterglow and how we can generate it, both partnered, communally and solo, we want to give big thanks to the sponsor of this episode, Dipsy Stories. Dipsy Stories is an incredible tool to turn yourself on and open up new erotic horizons for yourself through an audio library of stories and soundscapes and immersive experiences that you can access at the touch of a button. Dipsy Stories is an audio app full of short, sexy oral engagements designed to turn you on. Answer a few questions and they will curate a customized playlist of experiences for you. Everything from soundscapes 
to sweet romantic stories to raunchy, immersive first person experiences where they are speaking directly to you and telling you what they want to do to your body. And oh my, is this a tool for psychogenic arousal. When we talk about things that you can use to turn yourself on, we often think about physical toys. But what about your incredible erotic imagination? We love Dipsy Stories so much, we reached out to them to support this show. And for listeners of the Speaking of Sex podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pleasure. That's Dipsy Stories, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pleasure for unlimited 30 days full access to this immersive aural experience. I hope you love it as much as we do. Let us know your experience with it. Send us your favorite stories. We'd love to hear about your experience with Dipsy. Go to dipsystories.com slash pleasure to explore this tool that we adore. And thanks to Dipsy for sponsoring this episode. So whether you use something like Dipsy, whether you're masturbating in front of porn, whether you're cooking yourself a delicious soup and then sitting down to enjoy it, whether you're going on a walk with a friend, whether you're having sex with your partner of many years and you're in that sweet, sweet afterglow, how do we enjoy the afterglow without slipping into evaluatory space or rumination over like, what could I have done better? We often speak on this podcast, one of our favorite questions after sex, and we have a list of 50 plus questions, by the way, for conversation about sex, and you'll find it at pleasuremechanics.com slash talk. It's an amazing list of conversation starters. And one of the top ones on the after sex phase is what could make it even better? And this is a question you can ask yourself or your partner, but it's not how can I be better? It's not about being better. It's about making an experience better. And there's a subtle difference here in enjoying the afterglow and reflecting on like what really was delicious and what worked and what you want more of versus ruminating and self-evaluating about how you could have done a better performance. And I just want to kind of differentiate that because one of the things that thwarts an afterglow is anxiety or worry or that ruminatory phase of like, oh, did I do that right? And what were they thinking when that happened? And oh, was that weird? There can be a time for those questions, but it's not the afterglow. The afterglow is a time to think, yum, that was delicious. What did I enjoy? How is it feeling in my body? What's awakened? What am I craving more of? Right? If I came here again, what would I say yes to? So many of us don't know exactly what we like, what we would want more of. And so the afterglow is, of course, the perfect time to really process and analyze what actually did specifically feel really good that you would like to let your partner know or yourself so that you could request it more, so that you could build on that pleasure for next time. It is about gaining information and fine tuning, just in the way that athletes watch a video of their own game um, to improve. It's a similar thing, probably without video, um, but you never know, um, just to really be with your pleasure and figure out how to optimize mm. solo or together. 
right? This post game analysis. And, you know, it's can be in this really beautiful state of just enjoying sensations in your body. And then as you get further away from the experience, you kind of start storytelling yourself through it and what worked, what were the wins? And then what were maybe the moments where you got distracted or there was pressure put on your brakes? And I'm referring here to the dual control model of arousal, right? Where we have gas and brakes on our pleasure and arousal. There will be links in the show notes page. And if you think about these moments of like, oh, when this happened, I got really pulled out of the experience. That is knowledge for you. That is wisdom. And you can self-correct that for next time. And likewise, when you notice what really worked, like, oh, when he was kissing my neck, my whole system lit up and I noticed how aroused I got. And that was incredible. And now you have that little piece of information that when in that aroused state, those kind of neck kisses are feeling really good to you. And that is something then you can share, right? When we talk about the afterglow being a deeply personal experience, You can then take those gems, those feeling states, that appreciation, the gratitude, the awe, and share it via words, text, a letter. And again, this is maybe with your sexual partner or your dinner party guests, right? Whoever you shared this pleasure with, how sweet and wonderful is it to say something like or to hear something like, I loved when you dot, dot, dot. Thank you so much for doing dot, dot, dot. It really did it for me. It turned me on so much when you write these phrases. And again, I'll put some of them in the show notes page so you can play your own erotic Mad Libs. (laughs) I love a good fill in the blank. And you'll find a lot of those in our online courses and other tools and strategies to really find out what is true for you right? Because there is no universal when you do this, it will feel good to the human body that doesn't exist. And so the only question that matters for your pleasure is what is feeling pleasurable to you at this time in this season of your life, and how changeable that is, right? And so in the afterglow is a time of that generative knowledge gathering of like, oh, wow, that really worked for me this time. And again, this can be food, it can be an activity, right? You spend a weekend with friends on the drive home in that afterglow. Think about what were your favorite parts of the weekend? And now, you know, next time you want to do more hiking and less scrabble or vice versa, right? What is your pleasure? Your pleasure is the measure and your pleasure is really revealed to you so much in the afterglow. I love it so much. And let's look at how the questions that you're asking of yourself and your lover in this stage are positive questions. We are looking for the wins. We're looking for what worked. We are looking non-judgmentally and with a lot of curiosity. And that approach is essential. Yes, and no judgment, but discernment. And that's what I'm saying, like, what could make it even better if you were cold the whole time and you noticed that distracted you, you know, you have to crank up the heat. And so that is not a complaint. It's not a judgment. It's a discernment a noticing. And that can make all the difference. And again, how different is it to get a text from your lover saying, I loved it when dot, 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 more please versus, you know, when you did this, it really hurt. 
right? Like we don't want to criticize and critique each other, but we do want to give each other generative, positive feedback. And again, you'll find a lot of that in our online courses, in foreplay mastery, in kinky sex. It's really important for us as we guide you into new erotic experiences to include all of the skills about communication, which starts with feeling what is true for you. You can't communicate your truth if you don't know what is true for you. And so part of the work we do at Pleasure Mechanics and with you in the courses is how do you know what is true for you in your body, in your erotic being at this time? How do you know what you want? How do you know what you like? How do you know what your boundaries are? That is so much of the work of Pleasure Mechanics, and we invite you in. You'll find all of our resources organized for you at pleasuremechanics.com. We are here for you. Charlotte and I have been in Pleasure Mechanics uniforms for 15 years. This is our life's mission. You'll find all of our resources organized for you at pleasuremechanics.com. If you are new to the show, get started with us at pleasuremechanics.com free. And if you want to dive deeper into any of these courses, if you want to learn new erotic strategies and techniques with us, if you want to explore your erotic horizons with us as your guides and cheerleaders, then come on over to pleasuremechanics.com love and you will find ways to go deeper with us. And we will be back with you next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.